Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. All right, and we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. Cannot thank you enough for listening. And I'll tell you what, this is something I've been wanting to go ahead and talk about for quite some time although i'm not going to do much very much of the talking i'm just going to be in more of a listen and learn and and hopefully better understand what's going on as far as pop culture but from a black influence side because it is black history month and it's something that i want to know more about always i want to know about all these different cultural influences in our society and how they affect pop culture both from a past present and future standpoint and I've got two great guys here on today to come out as my guests. And, you know, you've heard them many times on our show before, but you could never hear them enough. They're great guys from The Voice from the Underground. They do have to deal with Jason Dutch, though. That is part of the problem right there. But it's still an outstanding show indeed. It is Voice from the Underground, the podcast. He's going to kill me next time he's on the air with me. Voice from the Underground, the podcast. You got to check it out today on all major podcast platforms. First off, it's Big Haas. And Haas, I just cannot thank you for being here. Oh, no problem, man. man. Honored to be here. Honored to be here, man. How you doing? It's good. And it's my honor to have you on the show, especially so you can not only help myself, but also everyone out there that wants to learn and understand more about the influences and everything going on within Black culture for pop culture. And it's just going to be a great conversation. I'm looking so forward to it. But you also cannot have another great show like this without my good friend as well. He's also from Voice from the Underground, but he also tag teams with me on the Lakers fast break. Pause. Why are you pausing? Tag team, dude. Tag team. There you go. Tag him in. It is is TJ Johnson, man. (laughs) TJ, again, always a pleasure to have you on. You know it, man. Big G. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing well. It's actually here in Vegas. Been uh Raining for once, got to see some rainbows out here, so a little bit uh, better for us. We're always worried about if it gets too dry out here, but enough of my talk. I want to hear from you guys first, especially if your backgrounds, you know, going back to even when you were much younger. I, I mean, I have my influences when I grew up. I come home from school, the cartoons, the Saturday morning TV, everything from pro wrestling to cartoons and movies and televisions that I saw and comic books and things that I saw when I was growing up that helped influence and shape the way I was today in pop culture and how I see things. But I want to hear from your guys' standpoint, because this is again, and I appreciate you guys allowing me on. I mean, we talked about this and I wanted to turn the show entirely over to you, but you guys were so gracious and allowing me to go ahead and spend some time with you on this. Haas, I'll start with you first. Your background as far as what you want to talk about and what influences you had early on that helped shape your love for pop culture? Well, I think that for me, 
it was my family. You know, we loved watching TV shows. We loved music. We loved movies. I mean, growing up in the uh, Stevenson Collins household, you know, it was not not rare at all to have a Saturday where we pop down to the local video store and literally buy 12 movies. And Saturday morning, we go out and buy 12 movies and we watch movies until the early, early hours of the next Sunday morning, two, three o'clock in the morning, we're watching movies. We go to sleep, we wake up again, we have breakfast, and then we start it all over again at 12 o'clock and we watch the rest of those movies. So as far as pop culture is concerned, music, movies, TV shows, fashion, comics. What, what type of, I mean, what exactly, what shows really just you connected with or movies or fashion, just anything okay. in particular? And that, and that, that again was very eclectic. Now, like, let, let me, let me tell you something. You know, of course we watched the Cosby show and good times and the Jeffersons, but we also watched dynasty and Falcon crest and one life to live and general hospital. So, you know, my grandmother used to, we'd be watching dynasty and she's like, okay, this is how you need to dress. You know, look at, look at Blake Carrington. <laughs> That's how you want to dress. And, and she would tell my daughters, my, uh, I'm sorry, my, my sisters, look at how Diane Carroll is dressed in this, in this show. And on Falcon Crest, same thing. She'd be pointing out the best dressed and, and, um, you know, when we watched the Cosby show, we talked about education, the importance of school, the importance of school and the importance of family and the lessons. You know, it was always a a running review of everything. And we would watch Fat Albert. And when we talk about comics and, and black superheroes, you know, one of the first black superheroes that I knew and related to and, and looked up to was the Brown Hornet from from Fat Albert, you know. The Brown Hornet and then uh, Power Man, who was, you know, Luke Cage, were my two favorite heroes coming up. So that's kind of how my background got started. When it comes to Fat Albert, that was something I absolutely loved when I was a kid as well. I mean, that was something Bill Cosby, I understand his current issues aside and right. things, things he's done aside. Yeah. Let's put it in perspective of that show and how it, like you, like you, I was a big fan of that show as well as far as, not only from just the fact that it was just a good show, created great narratives, great storylines, and you wanted to follow what the kids were doing each and every week when you were right. watching it. Right. TJ, how about you, my friend? What were some of the influences for you when you were younger and, and how that helped shape your love for pop culture? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time for the things that I was into. We can uh, always make a part younger. two. We, we might need to, to make a part it, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Obviously, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so let's go ahead and just get the elephant out the room. There are some shows that you guys have mentioned that I don't know about. I don't know <laughs> nothing about <laughs> any of the shows that some of the shows that Haas mentioned, but I did grow up on Cosby's. I did grow up on Family Matters and The Fresh Prince, and yeah, uh, so that was that started my love of of oh, and 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 Good Times. I did watch quite a bit of Good Times and Living Single. That that was my that was my jam. Martin. You know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. That was all my gem. That was my forte in living color. Things oh, like love that. Living that color. I'm trying to tell you, man. It's one of the one of the best shows people didn't talk about. But um It was criminally underrated at that point in time because of the not and again it goes back to you know what we're talking about with the Cosby show, 
it emulated just quality television as far as from a comedic mm -hmm. standpoint mm -hmm. because the cast you saw there, you just saw the brilliance of all those individuals. And at that time, they were faring much more from a quality standpoint than what SNL was doing at that point in time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they were also not as well known. I mean, you know, got yeah. Keenan Ivory Wayans. It was one of the ones that originated to putting his family on. He didn't just put on one. He put his whole squad on Damon uh, to, uh, what's what's the what's the Damon what's the Marlon Sean Marlon, Sean yep. what's the sister Kim Kim thank you yeah. Kim Wayne's all of them he put his whole he put his whole squad on that's that's kind of the beginning and not only um, were they all talented fact that's what I'm saying <laughs> and, and not only and not only were they all talented but he was able to locate other talent as well obviously Jim Carrey comes to mind but yes. there were so many other individuals mixed in there even when it comes yeah. down to the J Lo factor with their contributions to the show as well. He was able to see these things. Keenan Ivory Wayans, I'm talking about, was able to see, as far as from a producer standpoint, all these different great personalities from all these different backgrounds that were able to contribute to this, this awesome show. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know what all the ones that I mentioned before look like I only watch black television, but actually so I really I well, <laughs> hold on. That just I but I need to be able to paint my 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 palette. My I need to be able to explain my palette. Uh so it goes further than that. I actually grew up, believe it or not, off Nick at Night. So your Doby Gillis's your Oh, Doby uh, Gillis was the joint. Your F Troops. I dream of Joe. Well, that was I guess that was more of a Fox or I Dream of Gene. What Jean, about Gomer Powell? Anything you know, that was on anything that was on syndication with Nick and I get smart, all that stuff. I, I used to love get smart that. too. Yeah. I used to love get smart. I like the idea of going into the telephone booth and you went down and now <laughs> you're, you know you're what? in the headquarters. I, yeah, I and I didn't even talk about Inspector Gadget, yep. Mask, G.I. Joe, oh, those I cartoons. Got some cartoons yeah. I right, cartoons right, yet, right. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. So we're talking about our cartoons. I'm taking it back to He-Man. I'm taking it back yeah. to Thundercats. I'm taking Thundercats. it back to uh <laughs> I'm taking it yeah. back to to Jim. I was into Jim too. I thought Jim was awesome. Jim and the holograms. Uh, I, yeah, man. I still remember <laughs> that theme song, bro. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it, but Dude. point is Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, the next generation, like all of that, bro. The next was, generation, Deep State yeah, Nine. Deep Space Nine, yep. Uh Stargate. Hey, I'll uh, see. I was Hercules, up on Legendary Journeys. Yeah, Zeno I was up Warrior on Princess. Uh, yeah, I was up on the first Star Trek, so that's how old I am. Yeah, I mean, see, so you said not, Deep Space Nine. I'm like, man, I'm talking about Jim. We're not talking about. We, 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 <laughs> well, we know I'm that you old enough myself for the first original run. Damn it, Jim! Hey. I'm a doctor, oh, but, I, but, but I am uh, old enough to when it first started in reruns. Uh, I so I will say I'm with Haas on that one on Star Trek. But yes, yeah. you're right when it comes to all the different things from Gem and the Holograms, mm. Star Trek: The Next Generation, then evolved into Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Just these great influences you have, and when you saw. What was going on on screen, uh, you know, TJ, was that something that, that got you going and saying, hey, I can go and, 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 and like these things from all these different backgrounds, and that helps define who I am as a person? Well, you know, I, I guess it depends. Are you asking the TJ that was watching it, or are you asking TJ now? Because TJ was watching it. I had no clue. I just was watching TV, you know? Yeah. So I just, I didn't look at it as yeah. a white TV versus black TV. I didn't look at it as a... Just TV. You know, it was just yeah. TV to me. I mean, I was the one that was confused. I thought there were two Michael Jacksons. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I didn't have that concept in regards to... You know, I'm watching Martin. I'm watching black television. These are people that look like me. I just looked at it just like, yo, I'm, Martin watching, Lawrence. I'm just, just watching, watching Martin Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, I didn't look at it like black and white at that point. So now 
you know, you fast forward to with the benefit 30, of age, yeah. Yeah, with the benefit of age, and you fast forward now as a 35-year-old man, that type of stuff. I I appreciate the fact that I wasn't just strictly watching this. I was able to have um expand my palette, if you will, yeah. and be able to watch things like Dobie Gillis, things like you know what I mean? Like I I I appreciate that because I, quiet is kept. I learned a little bit of game from Dobie Gillis. Uh, yeah, Dobie Gillis, was, Dobie yeah. Gillis was quite a ladies' man back in in in, in the sixties, seventies. Yeah. So I, I learned that happy days. I I learned how to be cool like the Fonz. Like the Fonz, and yeah, it, it is what it is, man. You 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 take bits and pieces of different characters that you see, and you try to not necessarily incorporate them into you, but take certain aspects of their personality and say, you know, that's pretty cool. I wonder if I can do that. Or if I wonder if I can do that, I wonder if I can do that. So obviously at some point you become whomever you're going to be, you know, but I just, I appreciate not being uh, relegated to just the black shows or not being relegated to just cartoons or not being relegated to just, Mm -hmm. you know, things that people feel like the world will paint me out as to somebody I should, something I should watch. You know, I didn't just watch Eddie Murphy Raw. I mean, I I did watch it, but that wasn't all that I ever watched. I didn't just watch Chris Tucker or Martin Lawrence. So, you know, it was it was eclectic. I watched Gary Owens, you know, <laughs> like oh Gary like, Owens is great, man. I like Sinbad, you know, Sinbad Borderline. Yeah. He he ride in between both of them. I don't know, but <laughs> he's still but playing yeah. today. No, he's, he's still here playing in Vegas today, recently. Yeah. So Sinbad was? Look yes. Yeah. A high yellow self. Go ahead, Sinbad. Vegas right? gets everybody, right? <laughs> One of the good hair crew. Yeah, if, if you're 90 and you still have a pulse and you still have a name, you can play somewhere in Vegas. That's all. That's <laughs> but absolutely, yeah, man. That's just great to hear. I mean, uh, from both of you, you're, you know that it wasn't just drawing from one area that you guys were just watching, like you said, programs and listening to music and enjoying things in your life just because they were so appealing to you, no matter what type of background it is. And that's great to hear how that later on that in life that you guys have been able to go ahead and reflect on that, how that helped you guys. Like for instance, on your show, voice from the underground, you're able to go ahead and draw back on those memories that you have from that age when you were watching so much television, listening to music and things of that nature and, and, and draw those good memories from it. So that's awesome to hear that. You're listening to the pop culture cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the underground. Now we get into a point where I want to talk to you guys about what's coming up now or what is apparent now as far as from a black cultural standpoint, because it is something that is very prominent now in pop culture about how is it represented and what needs to be done going forward. But I'll start from a present standpoint, you know, let's say since the turn of the century, since the two thousands came about. So I ask you Haas, you know, as you got older, as you became more big Haas, for instance, what was it like in that shape as far as, maybe the late 90s, early 2000s, going into that as far as you became more aware of what was going on 
and you want it, your taste may have fluctuated in one way or another, veered one way or another, and how that shaped your, you know, I guess your imprint on what you think as far as pop culture is concerned. I think that you just, well, for me, I just became, you know, as I got older, I think I think the first thing for me was looking back at older cartoons that I used to love and realizing like hey this is kind of this is kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you look back at some of the old Tom and Jerry cartoons with when they had the <laughs> you the know black face the old lady Yeah, the yeah, face. yeah, the old the lady red red lips. So yeah, all you saw yeah. was her her legs and the way she talked. Mm-hmm. And looking back at some of the Bugs Bunny cartoons and things like that. You're just like, ooh, ooh, okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, it just, totally. it just, you just find yourself, you still enjoy it and you, it's almost like you compartmentalize. You accept the time for what it was and, and, then, and that way you can still find enjoyment. You know what I mean? But I mean, as you, you, you understand that was done in the 30s, right, before right. the 50s. You know that couldn't be made today. Today. And that's what that's what you find is you find yourself, you know, you're able to put it in the time capsule that it was in. And so that you can still derive enjoyment from it. But then as you're looking at present day things, you're looking at those things through a more critical lens. Because now the times have changed and people should know better. So when you see those things now, it's like, hey, you know, the 40s and 50s and 60s is one thing, but this is 2017. This is 2018. This is 2005. This is 2006. We shouldn't be having these types of of, um, themes still being projected throughout our cartoons and into our children, because that's that's the thing is that you're kind of indoctrinating those those kids. I mean, I'm six, seven, eight, nine years old watching Tom and Jerry. You know what I mean? I'm six, seven, eight, nine years old watching Looney Tunes, watching Mickey Mouse, watching those things. And it's like, you don't know it, but there's little bits of pieces of prejudice being dropped into your brain right there. You know what I mean? Against yourself even. So you you kind of, you, you, you look at things at, in co- your contemporary art and contemporary media and contemporary pop culture through a different lens. Now, I hope that answered the question. I did exactly, and like you said, even as we shifted from the you know the eighties, nineties into a new century, right? When you're talking about all the shows and movies that were out in those times, and you saw the changing way we deal with our culture and the more appropriate ways in which to put something out there in pop culture, as opposed to what was done. You got you go back, and as adult, you realize, hey, this may have been okay for the time. But right. understand it stays in that time in that context, but don't try to go ahead and put it in today's marketplace because it's not going yes. to have the same effect other than being, you know, okay, it's not just haha entertainment, I'm going to laugh it off. It's something that, you know what, this could be adversely affecting to a certain segment of the population or right. Right. So TJ, I mean, you wish to concur or your memories from that, you know, as you got older and try, you know, you understood that, hey, maybe this earlier stuff wasn't as hunky dory as, you know, as <laughs> as it could be now in today's in today's pop culture and today's oh. society. Oh, well, I think that pretty much goes without saying. I mean, you have to learn how to evolve with the times and, and television is no different. Television has learned to evolve. Television has learned to um, kind of 
be more progressive and and not as there are certain things that you got away with in the 60s 70s that you are not even going to come close to getting away with now in the 2020s Um, right so it wouldn't even you know what i mean like it's it's one of those things it's it's a gimme of course like for instance even looking at a show as recent as a family guy there are certain jokes that at the beginning of family guy when it first came out in the mid uh you know i don't know 2010 whatever Things that you said in 2000, 2010, you, you're, you're not saying you those not now. Say that now. You right. can't do certain things now. You can't, you know, the way that they would uh, uh, objectify women in this show. You, you're yeah. not doing that now. So so it's the it's the very nature of it. And I think when we go back and look at these Disney shows and Disney movies and cartoons from Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies and all that stuff, we have yep. to take that into that perspective and that scope of saying, okay, this is what it carts this is what entertainment was like back in the 70s this is what entertainment was like back in the 80s and you could do things where you could be the hunk that tries to save the girl and the girl would just be oh thank you you're so strong or whatever you know whatever rudimentary thing it was right and that's just the time that this show was 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 made in that's the period that this show was made in that's what was acceptable that was what, what was sociable now not so much. The girls are gonna want to try to save themselves. The girls are gonna want to try to take care of themselves. So it's a natural, a natural progression. It's a natural uh, evolution of the entertainment medium, and uh, it's expected. It's expected. So yes, looking back at certain shows, as Big Haas mentioned, Merry Melodies, uh, certain Disney cartoons, and even what's funny is that you go back and you you watch Disney Plus now, and they'll yeah. tell you, hey, before you put this on, yeah. This was made in a different time. This was racist. Uh, so, so <laughs> yeah, essentially, it's gonna let you know right now before you put this on that this you gonna see some stuff gay stuff in it. So be prepared, you know, because that's that's what the entertainment was. But what I appreciate, if you will, about that is they they're not hiding it. They're not right, right. Like it didn't happen. Oh, I never made that. No, 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 no. We did. We, we did. Made that. Yeah, I think Song of the South, though, I think is the one that always gets pointed to. Yeah, because you know, you even see remnants of it when you go to Disneyland or Disney World and you go on Splash Mountain Mm -hmm. and you see it as you're going, and your kids don't understand where these characters came from and they don't tell you what movie it's from. And you don't really, you you try to, and I'm going to be honest with you, I try to dance around that issue, although my kids are Disney savvy enough to know now. Mm-hmm. What I couldn't tell them five years ago as you right. go on that ride, exactly where these characters are from. And, you know, it's probably the one thing that they're most ashamed of now that that, you know, is part of their company. Yeah. And and, and they have every right to be ashamed. Of, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know if I would necessarily say ashamed. But they maybe use it as, in, as a tool to educate now. Well, it's, it's, a, a, tool to, it's a tool to educate, but it also shows growth. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person I was at 13, 14, 15 years old. So right. Disney and we're not, not the same, same company, company that were. we were back then. Exactly. So, okay, this is part of our history. This is part of our culture. There's no denying it. That doesn't mean right. that I'm right. defined by who I was. I can define who I am today. But right. I'm not going to pretend like it didn't happen. I'm not going to act like, oh, that was never there. No, no, no. It was there. We had yeah. some things that were a little eh back in the day. But you right. can see our progression. You can see how we've grown from those experiences. You can see how we've grown from those uh, entertainment shows or those those movies. We're not the same company, you know. So I right. I, I right. think I can appreciate watching the growth. I can appreciate them not running away from it and saying, "Yep, that was us. Here we right. are now. Here's how right. we changed." Right, because you know, there's a there's a saying that I like 
when we talk about growth, it's like, don't judge me by my past because that's not my address anymore. You know, it's like, hey, I don't I don't live there anymore. I'm not I'm not that guy from college. I'm not that guy from just after college. I'm not that guy from 10 years after college. You know, so it's it's. That's just I think a lot of times, especially like with this cancel culture, when mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, people digging up tweets yep, and posts yep, and yep, stuff yep. from 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what that dude has learned in those last 10 to 15 years. Absolutely. Or that wisdom person is not has something learned. you have. Wisdom is not something you just have right away. Right. It's no, you, you earn time. that. That's yes. that. You earn yeah. that through experiences, that's why life they call experiences. It, that's why they call it the wisdom of years. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you, know and you look at somebody like a James Gunn in that, in that same situation. Yeah. You know, obviously, and I, I appreciate that that while Disney, you know, had a very knee-jerk reaction, oh, you're fired, they came back and said, okay, all right, okay, all right, everybody right. breathe, everybody. Let's breathe, let's take a breath. Let's, let's take it, let's, let's come back to this. Right. Let's not, we just, I think that was more of a of a ceremonious thing, like, we, hey, look, we got to do something. So, look, I'm going to fire yeah. you. I'm going to fire yeah. you, but just, just, mm, you know. Just we'll, be cool. Let's take a breath and lay low. Yeah, just be cool. Almost like almost like the David Stern Michael Jordan thing when he was got gambling. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. you gotta go away for go, a little go bit. Go sit down for a while. Yeah, dude. go go play some baseball or something. You gotta go away from the sport. You gotta... Go play with go play with some sticks. <laughs> that was never substantiated, of course. I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm, on, just, I'm just you know, Let I'm just that thinking man run I'm just putting it out there. He was still getting paid his bull salary. Yeah, man. So Baron, Chicago Barons. But anyways, we kind of making some chunk of change from Nike as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. A little, little taste, money. little Mike bit making that money. Yeah. As, as Eddie Murphy would say, now we have three hundred million and thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny, you know, Oz, when you said that, it makes me think of that. Uh, you look at the your car windshield. Your 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 windshield is huge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Your rearview mirror is very small. very small because you're not I supposed told, to be worried about that. The other day, I told somebody yeah. that the other day. Yeah, you can't be worried about that rearview mirror. She's going through a tough time, mm-hmm. and she just got a, just went through a breakup. Oh, and we're talking and she's just trying to rehash how could she do this how could she do that mm. I'm like listen girl the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror and she's That's like right. what and I'm like the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror there's greater things that lie ahead right for you than whatever you've been through in the past and what you got to do is you got to put her in the wind, the rearview mirror and keep yep. looking out that windshield you know That's what I right. mean but if you spend too much time looking in that rearview mirror, you're gonna miss. Something you're gonna run. You're gonna miss something. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna run something. into something. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. This, this, these life lessons we give you on Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm telling you, drop <laughs> what we doing. We're dropping jewels, we're baby. Jewels up in this piece. That's it. You better have your bucket. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm learning a lot as we're listening right now. Since I cannot thank you enough, guys, for just passing on this great stuff going on right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. But I will ask you talked about as we're getting into this century and, and the influences in pop culture, whatnot. One of the things I did want to talk about, especially with the cancel culture that we have right now is uh, maybe something that came out in 2008. One of the things that's come out recently that they've talked about now that it's gone past its 10th anniversary, and that is Tropic Thunder and Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. And uh-huh. primarily that, that's something that he had just finished Iron Man. He'd yeah. gotten such great acclaim. He got his mojo back as a big time star. My mojo, baby. Exactly. And, and you know, your thoughts on if something like that then could happen now in today's environment and go over in the same fashion. <laughs> because that was such a big hit then. People were willing to go ahead, like we were talking about earlier, and say, 
haha, I'm taking it for for what it was, yeah. right, and, and enjoying it, and it was, it was a massive hit because of it. But would that happen now? If I could jump in on that first, yeah, I, you got it, bro. Because we just we just talked about we just talked about that on the uh, Voice from the Underground podcast. I think that was the last week or the week before. What we were talking about was they were the the filmmakers were very very smart because what they did was they dealt with that in the movie if you recall because the truly black character in the movie kept calling Robert Downey Jr's character out when he would overstep his bounds he was like hey man listen this is you know what this is and you know what you're doing and he would call him out so it was one of those things where they inserted that into the movie, but they inserted the solution right in there with it. Like, hey, we're going to put this in here. We know it's a touchy subject. We know that blackface is a touchy subject. So what we're going to do is, in order to get it in there, we're going to deal with it in certain ways in the movie. So that just made it more palatable. Because if he was just in the movie as a, black, as a white dude pretending to be a black dude for a movie... Then and like there was no no mention of it or no no handling of that taboo or insensitivity, then I think it would have been even bigger. I think that certain people who did not recognize the nuance that they that they put in there by the other black character calling him out multiple times in the movie. It was multiple instances where the black character was like, hey, and put him in check pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I think that that made it more of a palatable thing for people that that might be insulted by like people of color like myself. TJ, what do you think? I think that's the same song from the Jeffersons. No, <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. And I think what was the poignant, if you will, if I can use that word, that's my oh, word poignant. of the day. Oh, that's scrabble. my word of the day. Yep, Scrabble. <laughs> Triple letter score right there. But, uh, <laughs> You know they they made sure they made fun they 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 poked fun at everybody. It yes. wasn't just yes. uh, a a black thing. It wasn't just a white thing. They pointed fun at everybody. The the white actors who get coked out and you know they ben they, they character when he yeah. went to the movies. You know the he played the autistic character. That yeah was, he uh, played the autistic yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. He played the stupid superhero that or the hero that keeps getting sequels and keep having to do the same thing again again like you know they they poked fun at everybody so i didn't take it the way that a lot of people would now again that movie can't come out in 2020 you're listening to the pop culture cosmos rob mccallum films is back with a vengeance power of grayskull the definitive history of he-man and the masters of the universe which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise masters of the universe See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. People are too loud. Social media has turned into what it's turned into. And, and you know, because again, social media, even back in 2008, was not where it is now. I think we had, what, MySpace? We might have had, yeah. had Twitter. I don't, Facebook I don't was know just how. getting underway, really. Yeah, Facebook was a brand, brand new thing. Uh, so it, social media wasn't what it is now. Buzz wasn't what it is now. I don't see it happening. I think I think people are going to be too scared to touch something like that, personally. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if I necessarily disagree with them. I, I think that, you know, some people are just shown to be really, really sensitive. And right. as of late, I think that we just have this culture where everybody's just extremely sensitive. And I don't know if it's they're sensitive because they feel like they're not being heard. So they're going to be loud about everything or if they're truly sensitive about certain things. Like, for instance, Tropic Thunder wouldn't bother me in 2020. No, it wouldn't bother me at all in 2020. However, I'm not one easily offended. I'm not one that's going to be just, oh, my God, I can't believe right. you said, you know, like it's it's not that deep to me. Like, it, it's just not. So I'm not easily offended by that type of stuff. However, we seem to be in this this day and age where it's the norm to be offended. You know, everything that gets said is somebody's offended by it. And it, be it right or wrong, you can't tell anybody how to feel. So I think that in this climate that we're in now, the social climate that we're in, I, I don't think I don't see that movie getting made. To piggyback on that, you can't tell people how to feel or what opinions to have, but you can still challenge them. You know what absolutely, I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, it, you're, you're having your right to have an opinion. You open yourself up for criticism of your stance, how you, you're feeling or your opinion when you publicize it. So mm. if you are so going to go. What you, what, you, what you think about Dwayne Wade? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. We ain't got to go there. We can go there. We ain't got to go there. But I just think that when you publicize your opinion, when you publicize your feelings, when you publicize your stand, you open yourself up. You open yourself up for criticism. So you can't say, oh, I think that, 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 that. And when people, somebody says, well, why do you think that? Because I don't think that. I think that this, you know, can you expound on why you feel that way? You can't respond and say, that's just how I feel and that's it. No. You open your you 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 should be willing and able to defend your position, you know what I mean. And if you can't, maybe you need to rethink that position. You know, some sometimes people they want to put their feeling out there, and it, they don't have anything salient to back it up. It's just how they feel. So then, when they're challenged, they just don't tell me how to feel. I'm not telling you how to feel. I'm I'm encouraging you to explore why you feel that way. Exactly. I'm just I'm I'm just trying to understand why. It's yes. Not a, it's not a challenge. Right. I'm, it's an know. it's an explain. Right. So this is an opportunity for you to expound on that particular thing. Right. A, and, and sometimes on on social media, somebody will put something up, and I, that will be my exact response. I'll comment and I'll say, "Can you please expound?" And they'll say, "What do you mean?" Tell I'm me, like, well, tell, why do you feel that way? For you. Tell, let me, let me define me, it for you. Tell me why you feel that way. Expound. Tell me, tell me what what is the basis for that feeling or basis for that opinion? Yeah, and, and then it, they're it, like, "That's it, just how I feel." <laughs> well, that's, but, that's, that, but but that's an emotional response. That that means yeah, that's an emotional yeah. response, and and oftentimes that person is coming from a place of ignorance. Exactly, they're you just know? saying something because they they've heard it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Can you tell we've done this before, Gerald? This, I can tell you. Does it sound like we're? Does it sound like we're familiar? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I've been on your guys' show a couple of times now. And yeah, it's just, you know, this banter that you guys have back and forth is always great to hear. Let me ask you this would the same thing go for a movie? And I just, before we go ahead into the future and whatnot, I just want to touch on one more movie that I think was very, you know, out there. And people have these opinions about how they perceive it now in today's pop culture. And that is Blazing Saddles. Amazing, mm. <laughs> amazing movie. Uh, yeah, I remember. Would it be playing. would it be something that you could make now? Even let's say a Quentin Tarantino who has pushed those no, limits. Man. You can't. I think this. Now. This is what I think about Blazing Saddles. It may not, it may not be able to be made now, but it should be able to be made now because it's still in so many ways such a relevant movie. 
a lot of those things that they touched on in that movie all those years ago still are relative still, today. Are still relative today. There's I still think conversations that's exactly, that need to be had today. I think that's exactly why you don't need to remake it. It, it, you don't have to. So there are certain times. It's just where, saying that, that, what TJ. I think though, it's like it's saying if it wasn't made back oh, then, okay. could it be made now? In uh, okay. Climate? All right. Yeah, I think so, it could be made, but it would be very, very. It would be way more controversial than it was back then. Yeah. Would you, I think, would you I fear think it, it be toned down? Would you fear it be toned down, and the message would not be coming across as loud and as clear as it did back then? I can mm. say that. I could think that. I think that the censors. Or, or, uh, and I, I, and when I say this, I say this: the the movie industry and whoever was doing the ratings and everything for that movie back then, they were courageous because they knew what was going on in that movie. They could have slapped an AO on. Yeah, it they could have. They could have easily made that a blue movie. You know what I'm saying? But they they let it go through. So I think that now, where we have people that are so scared of being sued and so scared of having having been social media crucified, I think they would probably take a lot of the teeth out of that movie. Which would not make it the same movie. Nope. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening now. One, I think... So, the thing that makes Blazing Saddles Blazing Saddles what it is is the fact that it was made when it was, right? If yeah. you were to try to take Blazing Saddles and make it now, it's not going to have the same cultural impact because... We're not in that same period now. Right. That's not to say that racism is not still alive. Obviously, that's not the case. However, that was a period where racism was alive. Like people didn't want to talk about it. It yeah. was very hush hush. It was very oh no, it's not. It's not true. We moved past it. Blah 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 blah. So right. it was very hush hush. Nowadays, this is not hush hush. So Blazing Saddles, in all honesty, while it's funny, it's no different than a Queen and Slim. It's no different than a. Then a uh, what's the what's the movie with uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah, what's what's the the not not us, but um, the one that was before that. Oh, Get Out. Oh, Get Out. Thank you. It's not Get Out. It's not any of those films. Be and and while those films again touched on a lot of the same issues that Blazing Saddles touched on, um, as far as just uh the differences and 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 highlighting what's different about African Americans to 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 whites or whatever the case may be, it's not going to have the same cultural impact. So you bring Blazing Saddles out now, it's just not going to hit the same. But if you to put no. Get Out in the seventies or in the sixties when Blazing Saddles came out, oh, it'd been bruh, crazy, bruh. It'd have been crazy. <laughs> it'd have been crazy. <laughs> Think about that, man. If you to put Get Out or or Us or any of the or Queen and Slim out back then when Blazing yeah. Saddles was out, oh nah, bro. They'd be like, all right, we uh, had one of these movies already. So yeah, uh, you only get one per century, bro. Like, right. <laughs> y'all got to go. Y'all y'all can't stay here. Y'all got the geo go. We ain't speaking of that. No I was watching the whole little docu-series of They've Gotta Have Us on Netflix. They've gotta have us. Yes, it's on Netflix. It is a retrospective and a um kind of a chronology of the advancement of blacks in film, both in front of and behind the camera. Since the days of Gone with the Wind, when um, Hattie mm. McDaniel won, but you know something, I grew up on kung fu movies. I grew up on lots of movies that had exactly. subtitles. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which was or, phenomenal. Yes, and the Raid Redemption that was also an excellent. Raid kung Redemption movie. was good. I have not yeah. seen that. Raid Redemption was good. I will. Rave the Rave Redemption. Raid. No, the Raid. R-A-I-D. Raid Redemption. Yeah. R-A-D-E. The sequel to the Raid. If you R A D E R A I D R A I D. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, if you want to see a quintessential kung fu movie, that's it right there. Yeah. If you only if you only could see one, and I'm sorry to all respect to one of my favorites of all time, Bruce Lee. If you want to see one kung fu movie, that's it. The innovation in that movie is just outstanding. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, now if we're being sentimental, kung fu movie too. If if we're being sentimental, then my favorite subtitle film is this 1997 Italian comedy drama. It's called Life Is Beautiful. Yeah, there you go. Won the Academy. Oh, I haven't Award. seen that. Oh, brother, that'll have you. That'll have you. That'll that'll get you in the feels. That'll get you. Oh. It's essentially about a uh, a Holocaust. Uh, survivor who has a of his family obviously they they've got put into holocaust concentration camps and he's spending the entire time convincing his child that they're just away at camp and he's oh, trying to hide he's hiding that. the horrors but oh. i mean it's it's a comedy he's That's hiding the horrors he's hiding the horrors of the holocaust <sighs> i'm telling you brother and then what oh, yeah man it gets me right in the feels every time yeah i couldn't watch but that. it is it is my absolute it is one, it is my favorite subtitled film um by far, by far, by far, by That's far. Like Twelve Years a Slave. I still haven't watched all of that. I yeah, I can't. I I, I won't watch that. And you know what? Um, in the week in the they've got to have us docu series. Mm-hmm. They do a segment on Amistad, and I was really? sitting here with I was sitting here with my son, and I'm telling Camden how I was watching this with his mom, and I had to stop the movie like three times to cry. Mm. You know, yeah, and. They were going through it, and I was kind of hoping they wouldn't put this scene in there, but of course they did. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Jiman Honsu is yelling, mm-hmm. give, "Give us free!" Mm-hmm. I broke down of right course. there on the couch. Yeah, of course, broke they down get, again. Right, they broke have down again that. right there. And he's with the, the the pain, man. I'm getting goose pimples thinking about it. Just give us free. Yeah, Woo! yeah, man. Woo! One of the was, things that I was, I have to admit that I was excited that I didn't have to do. I didn't have to have these. These talks with the a little black boy because I didn't have a, I didn't have a son I had yeah. a girl yeah I was not excited because I, I I feel like I'm I'm one of the originators the original girl dad I don't I didn't I was a girl dad before it was a thing with Kobe but I was breathing a sigh of relief to a degree because I didn't have yeah. to have those conversations yeah I didn't have to talk to him about son this is what happens when you get stopped by the police right you right put right your hand right, ten right. and two. You know, I don't. I oh, don't want to have to. Walking around, either. even yeah, you know, my son can't know. even drive yet, and I, he's twelve, and I, I had that talk with him. Yeah, so there you were know. things that I was looking forward to not having to do. That now that I have a son on the way, you know, now it, it changed the yeah. game. I have to. Yeah, Peyton. That. Peyton's yeah. eight years older than Camden, so she's yeah. twenty. So I didn't have that issue either until Camden came along. And yeah, that's like, then you start thinking about it. it up, you yeah. start thinking about, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to. You know, we've had some conversations over the last like few months mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I didn't have those conversations with Peyton. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. I know you said you won't see Twelve Years a Slave, and obviously, I can understand why. But that was an Academy Award winner, and I will say, rightfully so, because it's an outstanding movie. But it also stars one of my favorite actors and one of the best actors out there today. Oh. Chit 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 can never say his name. Chit 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 just amazing actor. He's a great I mean, actor. He's a oh, great yeah, actor. Yes, he is. In he's Serenity, he is Serenity. the best yes. villain yes. ever. Yeah, ever. No, he was great in best, Serenity. He's, he's not the, the best, best villain, villain ever, but he was he was great brothers. in that movie. Okay. He's, he's in my top three. I mean, I'm talking about from a villainous standpoint. Period. He was just truly outstanding. I mean, whether you want to go. For me, Robert Redford in Winter Soldier. You can say Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther. You could say, you know, there are other yeah. great villains yeah. that are oh, out man, there. Harvey, Javier Bardem, man. No country Sky for Hall. old men. 
he was exactly. one. he was scary. Or Coach Froman, both of them. Yeah. So I mean, there's so many great actors that have played such great villainous roles. I mean, yeah. Keith Ledger as yeah, a Joker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. can, his performance in Serenity was truly one of the best villainous turns I've ever seen. He was great. He was the, great in the that calm movie. way he approached. Right. And, and yeah. that's he approached it was like business. It was just yes. This, yes. this is just business. I was like, I hate him. <laughs> but you I really hate this dude because that approach had not been really done before. And yeah. you always had to have the, I'm twerking my mustache. Yeah. You know, laughing. Well, you know something I've, I'm, I've started watching this show called Mr. Robot. And there's a villain in that TV show. That is, I don't like him. He makes me sick. He's all, he's not, he's, I don't hate him the way I hate Tariq from uh power oh don't get me started on that little i hate oh, to read oh my god i'm almost i'm almost suburban white woman slapping the soap opera character in the street for breaking up with, with you know what i mean oh, if i saw man. if i saw the dude that plays Tariq right in the street michael i might rainey. slap him upside the head michael rainey will get 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 worked he would have to get this work i'm sorry he was gonna i'm catch sorry i'm like why are you so dumb dude yeah you gonna shoot him really you gonna shoot go oh i'm sorry Please forgive me. That was a spoiler alert. My oh, bad. No worries. My bad. <laughs> but I no, what I was, was I haven't was, seen it yet, but I knew who it knew. was. Everybody knew. But yeah. what I was saying about Shuatel is that his best villainous role was Victor Sweets, man. Y'all better act. Oh, yes, and four brothers. Yes. Y'all better yes. put respect on V. I asked for out of town shooters. <laughs> you just a, just a truly brilliant actor. In town shooters give me in town problems. And we told her, get down there and eat have a meal with her, man. Oh, get down there and have a meal with your man. Have a meal with your man. Crazy. Oh, like this is crazy. He's crazy. Oh, oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, okay. no, no I might have to watch that movie and just. I'm, just I want to watch that scene. I want to watch that scene. I don't even want to watch the whole movie. The rest of the movies, whatever. I just want to watch his scenes again. Everything he did in that movie was crazy. Stole the show. Yeah. He yeah. stole the show. Well, he, he does it in almost virtually. He does it yeah. virtually every movie he, he does. He steals the show. He steals his scenes in almost every movie. He's getting very Denzel like. That's something that Denzel does no matter what he's in, no matter where he's at. He was he in that movie steals. with Denzel, Inside yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, I know. But that's my point. Everything that he's doing, he's getting to be very Denzelish. Very he's yeah. getting Denzel esque. Starting as hey man, <laughs> you know I wanted to go on with talking about Maharsha Ali and and other ones, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you mentioned Denzel for just a second. His influence in pop culture with all the, the movies that he's done, and he's such a such a great actor, even to this day. You know, you see his son is going to be performing, yeah. doing. You know, not only is he starting to get his own name, but I see him at the point where he could become a huge star in this industry. Yeah, Tanette. His next major outing, it looks like something that's really going to get a lot of people yeah. interested in. But do you yep. think Dad will let him slide into his slot easily as far as a big box office name? Because I don't see. So. I think let so. You, let me tell you, I, I got a funny story about him. I got a funny story about him. So we're my wife and I were watching Ballers, right? We were watching Ballers, okay. and I had never, we had never really watched it before, so we were watching it. And this guy's talking. I think my eyes were closed. I was looking away, and somebody's on screen talking. I said. I said, where's Denzel? I don't know Denzel was on this show. He sounds just mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. His enunciation, the breath in between his words, like yeah. everything was like yeah. a young Denzel. Like he had that same. And I said, that's Denzel's son. And my wife was like, no, it's not. It's nothing like this. I said, I guarantee you. That's I guarantee Denzel. you. 
So of course, you know, watching on Amazon, you can go back and look at the discography and all that stuff. And yep, sure enough, I said, boom, I told you that's Denzel's son. She's like, got to be more careful. Anyways, I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, because you can see that influence is there. And he's on the verge of being a humongous star, just like his dad. Yeah. And his dad, you know, in these days in the industry, and this is something Josh and I have talked about, where there's a lack of young stars in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. we're still recycling over and over the same 40 and over stars. In fact, this weekend, Harrison Ford. Just to give you an idea of what's going on, and I, I told my wife, I told my wife about that movie because she's like, That movie's gonna go plastic. I said, No, it's not. I said, It's an old white dude, it's a dog, and they're in the wilderness. White people are gonna flock to this movie. You just want <laughs> <laughs> Gerald. Have you seen this movie? No, I've not seen this movie, but <laughs> Gerald is like, I'm not admitting that now. It's getting mediocre reviews, but I'm a, it's not even a real dog, it's a CGI dog, dude. They don't care. Yeah, it's the wilderness, to, it's the wilderness in wintertime, and a dog. Where's Lassie when you need her? That's what Lassie, I need. What? <laughs> Hannah's in trouble. What? Really? <laughs> Would have been like Cujo, man. What have it been Cujo? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, shout out! Shout out to the TV dogs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis before we head on out on this great show and i just cannot thank you guys again for being a part of it i want to ask this on the future and where we should be going as far as integrating fully the black cultural experience with the pop culture experience and making it one because in essence it should be one that we're deriving all this from you know nobody can tell me now that this type of movie cannot do well with the woman with African-Americans, with Asians. You cannot yeah. tell me that anybody from any background cannot have a movie right. or a TV show or a property or a streaming thing or right. something out there that cannot do well because Black Panther was really, for me, the big exclamation point on saying, you are dead wrong. And here's the thing is that that's another reason why this that docuseries is so relevant because Jesse Williams, they interviewed him and he was talking about how there had been this myth or this assertion that black movies or diverse movies don't travel well and don't sell. And he was talking about how a university had done a study and they showed that the more diverse a movie is, the more money it makes, period. The more diverse the movie is, the more money it makes and the more money it makes across the globe, period. I'll just say this. You need to watch that docuseries on Netflix. It's it's really good. It touches on a bunch of subjects and you get a lot of insights that you might not have picked up on. TJ, I mean, do you concur with that? I mean, is that something, because like I said, for the most part, like Haas was saying, the more diverse, the better it usually should should end up being. Mm -hmm. Now we're finally coming to that realization, but you know, you still see instances with Medea. Now, Medea may not be the best example of it, but right. to me, it's something that, you know, Tyler Perry made a living off it here in the United States. He, he, he did, did a, a great amount of business in it. 
when I see the numbers as far as it's concerned, I see a missed opportunity there. But I also it points to me a lot of apprehension from the movie industry about what they want to go ahead and represent worldwide. Well, it's a difficult question. It's, I can it's, understand it's a that question for one because I'm just I'm not a Tyler Perry fan. I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I, I, but you I, love that Tyler Perry episode of Boondocks, though, didn't you? I, I did like that episode of Boondocks. <laughs> yes, he's great but himself when he's doing a drama. I've seen him in other performances himself doing something outside the Medea character. Yeah. I like Tyler Perry when he's not doing anything Tyler Perry-ish. So I don't want him producing a movie. I don't want him being Medea. If he can do something where he's just like, for instance, I liked him when he had his little cameo in Star Trek. I liked that. Absolutely. I liked his little... You know, he tried to be Aaron Cross. I didn't really like that too much, but I, I it was okay him. though. It was okay. Uh, he was terrible, but I appreciate him trying. To be, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. He was His performance in Dick. No, I didn't see him. In, I didn't see him in that one. I didn't see him in Dick. He did a great job in that movie. I think his gotcha. movie was one of those scene stealing performances because gotcha. you were surprised that Tyler Perry was okay. Oh, they're putting Tyler Perry in here, and you wonder because you you see him as Medea. You wonder if he can go ahead and has that kind of range, and he does. When he gets those opportunities, I think he, for the most part, he takes advantage of. Well, so I, I think when we when we go back to the original kind of question here in regards to uh, if we can kind of merge and have it all be one type of entertainment, what we have to remember is that Black culture has been stolen since the beginning. So for us to finally be able to just have something for us, it's like a Black Panther, where it's like this is our culture, this is us that we're pouring into this is an awesome thing but let make no mistake about it black culture is is sprinkled throughout this entire industry throughout this Mm -hmm. entire entertainment medium this is not a exclusive thing you know i hate to say it but we've had our style bitten since we've had style like anything that we've done is it's been bitten and it's been used um in another said it best He's like, everybody love to be a black person, but don't nobody want to be a black person. Right, right. Absolutely. You know, so, people love black culture, but they don't yeah. like black people. Exactly. So this, it, that's that's not a that's not a new thing. Black appropriation is it's just what it's always been. Yeah. And it's not going anywhere. Like you said, everybody wants to have black culture, but they don't want to be black. And and so they want to be able to have black swagger and they want to be able to sing mm-hmm. and to dance. I mean, you go again. You look at Get Out. They want to be able to do all the things that black people can do. Yeah, I mean, and in that movie, they I, they wanted to quote unquote be black, but they didn't really want to be black. They just wanted what black people had. Yeah, they wanted to have the consciousness. Yeah, or the, even the, the, the genesee qua. They want that genesee yeah. qua, but they don't yeah. want that external covering. Absolutely, even to the point where you know they always have something to say about you know African American fathers or African American yeah athletes or you know it's it's always going to be what it is. So. Will we ever get to a point where it's just normal? I don't know. That's yeah, like and that's asking, the thing. And that's the like thing. It's like forever get over being racist. Like I yeah. don't I don't know. I don't see I, I, it. and that was in that docuseries as well, saying that black shouldn't be considered a genre. Yeah. You know, like if it's a black horror movie, or I mean if it's a horror movie featuring black people, it's a black horror movie, and they put it in this black genre. And yeah. if it's a if, if it's a superhero movie featuring black, it's black a black superhero, superhero movie. Yeah. How come it can't be a superhero movie yeah. and it just yeah. happens to be a cast of all blacks or mostly blacks or mostly people of color, this or that? Yeah. And it's just one of those things where we need to phase out of this black as a genre. And that's how we're going to set up our marketing. And that's how we're going to set up our promotions and our advertising. Yeah. And those things are going to be geared first towards black people as this powerful black this or yeah. this black that. 
that'll never stop because that's how they get the black dollar. I mean, let's just be all the way one hundred. But the, here, here's the thing, though. Was, here's the thing, though, but, TJ. But look at it. If they if they promoted if they promoted if they put out the trailer for Black Panther, mm-hmm. whether they call it a black movie or not, black people gonna see that trailer and mm-hmm. see all them black people in the movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to say a, a, a tour de force for blacks. You don't have to say something like that because it's like, oh, look at all these black people in this movie. It's mostly black people. I want to go see that. You know what I'm saying? But they and then other people part. say it's Marvel, so I want to go see it. Mm-hmm. That, it's and, part and, of the Marvel MCU. They very well could, but then they also know what they're doing in regards to their marketing because they know to push it. They know to push it on BET. They know to push it as far as the the urban radio station. They know to talk about it on those stations. They know they released it in Black uh, in, in Black History Month. Like yeah, yeah, I can understand that as a strategy. It's a strategy to yes, get but they don't. Black dollar. But they don't have to, you know, put black black blackity black black in the verbiage for the promotion. They shouldn't have to. They, they shouldn't have to. Right. That's no, what I'm saying. They shouldn't they, have to. Absolutely. But they're going to because that's how they want to get the black dollar. But I also remember when talking to you, Haas, and especially you, TJ, how emotional and how happy you guys oh, absolutely. were. Absolutely. Yeah, that that would have achieved the success that it did. That would have been there no matter what, no matter right. how it was, no matter how it was promoted, you would go. The, the promotion tactics that they use didn't factor into how I felt about the movie watching it and the impact that it had watching it. Yes, it was it was great for black people, but it's one of those things that you didn't have to call it a black movie for it to have that impact for black people. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a great conversation with you guys and seeing where you would like to see just the influence of where pop culture should go to, to be all-inclusive coming up in the future. And I look forward to hopefully happening. You know, not we're seeing it now, but I want to see it even more coming up in the future for our generations beyond, for my daughters, for my, if I'm lucky to have them, grandkids and beyond, and for your kids and their kids and and beyond as well. I, I'm hoping for something that, like you like you guys were talking about, it being a just a superhero movie or being right. just a horror movie or being just a streaming show or being just, we get to the point where we can shun all these labels and just yeah. see it as good or bad content. And there right. we go from there. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. Well, before Thank we you. head on out, guys, as far as for recording for the Pop Culture Cosmos, I want to hear thoughts on what you guys are up to at Voice from the Underground because I've got Big Haas with me. I've got TJ Johnson with me. They're two major parts of Voice from the Underground. And besides just tolerating Jason Dutch for two and a half hours, <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys up to? And he's going to kill Two and a half hours. Bro. <laughs> That's a light record for Voice from there the Underground. There you go. Exactly. Too. Right, right, right. <laughs> what are you guys up to doing when it comes to Voice from the Underground? You, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, brother. Uh, we try to just survive Jason Dutch. Uh, it's not always easy. I think that was how we, that was our niche. We were we were a, a, a sociopolitical show trying to give a voice to the voiceless and i think that's that was even our tagline for a little bit trying to give a voice to the voiceless but i think and i, I think big Haas can attest to this too we've we've evolved a little bit understand that politics is still something that's going to be at core what we talk about a lot of times but there's so much more to hassan there's so much more to jason right. so much more to tj than just politics there's so much more than just talking about 
the black vote and there's so much more about talking about how it affects black people and how you know there's there's more to us we're all fathers we all have girls we're all from different walks of life we all have different ideologies and beliefs and i think the important thing is that what we do at wish me on the ground is that we listen you know a lot of times we do a lot of talking we do like to give a voice to the voices but we also like to make sure we're having a little bit of fun and evolve our brand to not just be so heavy you know we don't always want to be soapboxy heavy you know Haas is, is is doing big things he's over there smoking a cigar now that dude let me let me tell you something before we go if Haas is not eating or smoking <laughs> during the podcast it's not a real podcast he had a delicious looking piece of chocolate <laughs> yeah 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 i still got right. it i still got it i still got <laughs> it there it is if right he's there. not eating or smoking something during the podcast <laughs> he's cake. not doing it right he's not doing it right <laughs> <laughs> but uh in all seriousness you know what man at, at voice on the ground we just we enjoy each other's company man i, I love these guys it's been an awesome experience man it's, it's a lot of fun when i can stay up to do it i i, I love it but <laughs> that's another right, right, that's right, another right. conversation that's for another thing day. Right <laughs> well if you do want to hear the best in politics pop culture sports cigars chocolate yes. cake and yes. so much more <laughs> you got to check out voice from the underground today wherever you get your podcasts Enjoy the weekend, my friend. All the best. All right, you too. Thanks for having Thank me you. on. Always TJ. a pleasure. Be cool, brother. I will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. See you tomorrow. All right, later. Take care. Hey, all. This is Drew Leiter from the Earth Station DCU podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Cletus and I are back. Yes, we uh, got one of the shuttlecrafts working that got marooned on a planet called Mogo. No, not the Green Lantern planet, but that's a story for another time. We're here to tell you we're back. We're back to talk about DC news. We're here to talk about comics. And of course, we're here to talk about DC television shows. We're very excited about talking Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover coming up. So make sure you tune in to listen to us. We're right here on the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.